crazy like it's ripping at the seams and the lies keep growing louder with chaos threatening when the weight upon my shoulders is too much for my soul won't you help me to remember those words from long ago Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones to him belong they are weak but he is strong when I look into A million imperfections just staring back at me. When I feel like I'm abandoned, all alone and left behind. Mm, let me know you'll never leave me. Cause I am yours and you are mine. Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
may be seated. Exciting. Bentley is up here, and he is ready to receive a gift from God, and he probably won't even remember this except for pictures, and also for us reminding him what happened. Uh, so I'd like to take a little moment, walk you on a journey, why we're doing this. Uh, for some people, like my family, generation after generation after generation have been baptized. It's a great tradition. But I want to be someone to tell you that it's more than a tradition. It is actually something that is commanded by God that we should do, which connects us to him and his family. So here's the story. It's the bad news and then the good news. Bad news, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin came into all of humanity, all of humanity. And we look over here, Bentley now is sleeping and just an angel, right? But there will be a moment around two years old, maybe, where Bentley will start exhibiting the will, it's called. And uh, then all of a sudden, you're just reminded. Um, all of us have that. We, we deal with sin. But here's the good news. God saw the sin and said, you know what? I'm going to do something about the sin. I'm going to send my own son who's going to come to this earth, who suffer and die and rise again to bring forgiveness and life. And then, before Jesus went up into heaven, he gave what I call the marching orders for the church, what we should be doing. And it's called the Great Commission. It goes like this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Beautiful words, beautiful promise at the end that's going to be handed over to Bentley where Jesus said, Bentley, I'm going to be with you today and tomorrow and forever. There was also something in there that I'm going to look over at the godparents because this is an important part. Jesus said, and teaching them to observe the things I've commanded you. So I want you to know that Bentley's going to look to you. He's going to watch you. And I'm going to encourage you to, number one, pray for him. Number two, model the Christian faith. And number three, Remind him of this day. Everyone's going to remember his birth, uh, his birth, right? But his baptismal birthday is a really important day. So if you're willing to take on this very important spiritual responsibility, then answer, I will, with God's help. So with God's help. Thank you. And may God give you the faith to do this very important thing for Bentley. Uh, the whole Christian church unites together in a common faith. And that's going to be what we're going to do now is we're going to share the words of the Apostles' Creed. And so would you join all of us together as we share these words? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right.
ready or not. Gently, Michael Vindelara, baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father who brought you into his family keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. Bowtie and all. I want to introduce you to the newest member of the family of God, because that's what's important, right? And so remember what we do when God does something really great? Let's applause and give God all the glory. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again. You are an awesome, loving God, one who loves Bentley so much that you want, wanted him to be part of your family. And we pray for him that as he grows up, yes, physically and intellectually, but we pray that he would grow spiritually knowing you and loving you. So bless him, bless his parents, bless all of us as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now one of the things, I'm going to hold him a little longer because he's really good. I always tell them, if, if Bentley is good, I'll hold Bentley for a longer period of time. But if Bentley isn't good, then I'll pass him off quickly. Um, one of the things that Jesus said while he was on this earth, if you would take that. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And so our prayer is that the light of Jesus would shine brightly in Bentley's life today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen? Amen. All right, let's continue with the scripture reading. And then you can all make your way back down. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> all one of you. Thank you. Good morning, Randy. Hi. Today is a reading from the New Testament book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or even think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, for, for Jesus, for the sacrifice that he gave for us. Lord, this morning we come to you as a broken people, people who are lost, looking for answers, and, and Lord, we know that the only way we can get that is through you and through your son, Jesus. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the worship service we're having, the music we're about to play, the fellowship time, and Lord, just be with us as we go through our day and on our week, and strengthen us and guide us in every way of our path. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said,
I don't know about you, but I love taking trips, going on adventures. You never know what you're going to see. Well, I want to show you some pictures of something that you might see if you take a trip and go on an adventure. Maybe you took a walk with your family and you stumbled across a really cool playground like this. Or maybe you got in a kayak and went paddling down the river and saw a really cool bridge. Or maybe you took a road trip and look what you saw, power lines and these huge towers. Or maybe you jumped on a plane, flew off to Egypt and saw the amazing ancient pyramids. But what if your plane landed in Paris? Maybe you would see the Eiffel Tower. That's pretty amazing. I've never been to Paris or Egypt, but I have been to the desert. Maybe you have too. The desert in Omaha at the zoo, the Henry Dorley Zoo in the Desert Dome. Isn't that cool? Did you see what shape is used to make all of these cool things? Yeah, a triangle. How amazing is it that a triangle can be used to make more things than we ever thought possible or could maybe even imagine? Well, you know what? As we look at our spiritual DNA, we're going to look at a triangle too. Jesus spent time up with his heavenly father. He spent time in with his followers. And he also spent time out with people who didn't know him yet. And as we allow the shape of Jesus's life to shape our lives, we grow in our spiritual DNA. As we depend on God, nurture relationships, and advance Jesus's mission. And as we do this, we trust God to do what he says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask for or imagine. He does everything by his power that is working in us. And that's what we're asking God to do as we take this, this journey together, looking at our spiritual DNA, that God will be able to work in us and through us to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. Yeah. Um, just so you know, we could pray for Greg because uh, he went to Ohio for a funeral for an uncle that's very close to him. And so he did this before he left. A great message for us today. I want to welcome all our guests. We're glad you're with us. I met some uh, with the baptism family, but I see some others here. So glad you're with us. Uh, we love celebrating this Jesus who loves us so much. We'd like to have you come on back. Um, and before you leave, Stop at Next Steps, if you would. Let yourself be known. We have a gift for you, and I'd like to meet you and greet you. A couple quick announcements. Trying to make them really quick. March 4th, rice packing event. Uh, we have met our goal. Probably even exceeded a little bit of the goal of raising the money for the rice packs. So God is so good. Now we want to assemble a whole bunch of people that will fill this room to be able to fill those rice packs with all the different ingredients that can then be sent out to Haiti, to those orphanages and to those kids. So you could go to Next Steps, you could call the church office, you can go on our website, you can go to, on the planning center, many different ways in which you can get connected so you can be part of this event on March 4th. All right? Very, very important. And then the other thing, um, if 
Maybe on the way in, you picked one of these up. Maybe you didn't pick one up on the way in, get one on the way out. It is a sheet that is, it's all about the spiritual DNA emphasis for the next five weeks. And if you've been here before, you know what we're asking. Come for five weeks. I know sometimes schedules are so tough. But really try to make a commitment to be here for five weeks. And if you can't, go online. You could watch the, the message and the service online. We'd love for you to have you to be here, 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 okay? Secondly, and this is where I'm going to do uh, what I call the big ask. Um, I don't do that a lot. You know, we make announcements, and I hope you're going to do it. But this one is on another level, okay? Would you please please prayerfully consider to be part of one of these spiritual DNA groups. I do believe that as we, and, and I don't know if you're getting a feel for this, um, we're filling up more and more. And the motto that I always have is, the bigger the church gets, the smaller it needs to be. And when you get into a small group, and, and again, this small group is going to be just five weeks, you get a little taste of it, uh, but you're going to learn some very important principles about something that I've been sharing with you before, so fill in the blank. There is nothing more important than your spiritual growth, right? Your spiritual growth and well-being. Nothing more important. So this is to help you in your spiritual growth and your well-being. So prayerfully consider, you could pick one of these sheets up. There's a QR code, or as Randy would say, a QRP, QP code, whatever you, yeah. Um, so you can go do it digitally. You can fill it out and just turn it in, and we'll get you connected in one of the 20-plus groups that we have that are going to be meeting. So I'd love for you to be a part of it. Uh, and again, as we move forward in the service a little bit later, we're going to have communion. Um, what a beautiful gift that God has given. We gather together, and we believe it's bread and wine, body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And if that's what you believe, we'd love for you to join us. If you have a prayer request that you'd like included, um, you will um, maybe see that soon about how you can get that prayer request in, and then we'll include it in worship today. That's it for announcements. Uh, may God continue to bless our worship together.
moments that is very stirring for me as a pastor is communion. When I watch you coming up and you put your hands out like this and you receive the body of Christ and you receive the blood of Christ, I know some of your stories. I know some of the brokenness, pain, hurt, disappointment. And the truth is all of us have those moments, right? And so when you come forward, Jesus meets your brokenness head on. And ultimately says, I got this. I got your pain. I got your hurt. I'm with you no matter what you're going through. And I just pray that that is um, a reality for you. And um, may it be stirring and remind you. Um, and that you put your faith and still believe in him. Even when life circumstances are a little painful and chaotic. As we prepare now for Holy Communion, we've been making this profession of faith of what we believe what we believe about our sinfulness, our need for a savior, what we believe about what's in this meal, and then what we believe about how we are to live our lives to God's glory. So it'll be up on the screen. If you would join with me as we profess this. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin 
and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament. And under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And again, a lot of words, but I just want to bring you back to what I think is the most important thing for you to know. Your sins are forgiven. Not because you're so good, but because Jesus died for your sins. And then he rose again on that third day. That's why this is truly a celebration. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And may we be blessed as we gather together for this precious meal. Amen. Calling out to you Tonight I'm on my knees Hoping you'll come through This one's for my dad Can you help him please The world's made him mad At mom and me And I'm asking you to bring his heart back
Recognize my voice I haven't talked to you Since I was a little boy Tonight I heard my son Pray for his own man It made me come undone It made me understand That only you can bring my heart back
may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, today we are praying boldly for the Holy Spirit to renew us and reveal victory in our lives. We do not have this by anything that we can do, but because of what Jesus has already done for us, we offer up these prayers to you. Prayers for a smooth surgery and recovery for my sister Deb and her knee replacement surgery. For Tara and her family, give them strength and comfort to keep fighting this battle that affect her health. Remind them that you are right there with them. Prayers for a family of Jan Moody. And Jesus, please take care of all your children. Prayers for a co-worker in the hospital. Continued strength for Coco through the next steps in cancer treatments. Be with her as well as her friends and family. Please help me tomorrow at the lawyer appointment that all the right choices and decisions are made. Continued prayers for my son's health to keep staying stable. Prayers for strength and healing for Christina as she was recently diagnosed with lupus. Prayers for Greg for his loss in the family and for Brent and his family after the loss of their father this week. In your holy name, Jesus. Lord, please lay your healing hands on Kristen. For Samantha, she is in need of your peace. For Damien, who is dealing with major health and spiritual issues. For Nathan and Eddie's family, help them find peace in your love. For Caden, he is searching for the meaning of his life. Lead him to your loving arms. God, please help us to learn to trust you fully, completely, without suggestions or projections, because your way is always the best. Help us to trust so that we can embrace the very next thing that you show us, and then the next. Though the long path can feel uncertain, Lord, you will be so faithful to shed just enough light to see the very next step. This is a great demonstration of your mercy, God, because with too much revelation, we would pridefully run ahead of you, too little, and we would be paralyzed with fear. Help us to keep seeking slivers of your light for each day and filling in the gaps of the unknown with trust. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Picture, if you would, the dinner is over, and the hostess comes out 
and says, would you like some more? Now, if she doesn't say what it is, you might have to have a moment of clarity. So example, if she gave you an option, would you like more Brussels sprouts or chocolate cake? How many of you, who would want more Brussels sprouts? I just wanted, oh my goodness, you guys are. Somebody this week tried to convince me that it's all in how you make it. And I do agree. You make it, you eat it, that's all that is for me, right? You can just have it. I would much rather have chocolate cake. We live in a world where we are offered more all the time. And it's right in front of us. We can watch the news, we can listen to the radio, it's all over the place, have some more. Well, I did what every good American did, is I Googled. You know, how many of you Googled recently? That's amazing. All right, top 10 things that people want most, okay? So let's see if my thing works here. Okay, top 10 things that people want most. Want more pleasure, want to be popular, don't want to be lonely, want to be comfortable, want you and your children to live longer, want to learn something new, want to look better, want to save time, want to save money, want to get a high paying job. And really you can probably finagle the sentences to have the word more in there every single time. We live in a world that always wants more. And it's different, right, for different people, but there are some similarities. We want more. So uh, if you would help fill in the blank here, I'm going to make a transition. There's nothing more important than, yeah, okay, very good. Nothing more important than your spiritual growth and well-being. I'm going to just keep saying it for the next five weeks. You're going to probably just have it, you're going to wake up with the thought in your head. There's nothing more important than your spiritual well-being, right? Nothing in your growth. Now, I want to make it personal. I'm going to put it up on the screen, and I'm going to take the word your out of it. I'm going to put the word my into it, and I want you to take this and make it personal. So, here it is. Would you say this out loud together with me? There is nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. Let's do it one more time because I want it to sink in. All right? There is nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. Nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're going to now look into your word. And we want to drink deeply from what you want to say to us today. Thank you for your servant, Paul. Thank you for your Holy Spirit inspiring him to write a letter to the church in Ephesus. But thank you also that your spirit wants to use that letter in our lives today. So open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts to the truth of your word for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, some of you may know this, most of you probably do not. In 2004, there was an initiative that was approved by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And at the time, it was President Kieschnick. 
And the initiative was called Fan the Flame. And the goal was to have 2,000 new mission plants by the year 2017. Anybody know um, why 2017? This is probably your, like, really, if you know this, I'm, I'll take you out for lunch. This is big, <laughs> this is big time. Um, Pastor, Pastor Randall, what is it? Okay, all right, give him a round of applause. He stayed alert during that class, you know? And for those of you that um, maybe you do know or don't know, he was just ordained, and, and part of that means he's like almost, like now almost three-quarters of the way through the training, a little bit more than half, um, and he still has some more to do. So looking forward to and keep praying for him because it's pretty rigorous. So, All right, but it was the 500th anniversary, and they had this really big passion. Let's, let's open more churches so the gospel can get out into the world. So what they had done in Nebraska, the, the district president, so there's synodical president and then there's districts all over. There's 35 of them. Our district, district president from Nebraska in Seward came up to Columbus and said, hey, would you be willing to open up a church, a new mission plant? And this... This plant would be different. It would be for the unchurched and the dechurched. Because at the time, there are four Lutheran churches just within the Columbus kind of area. They're doing great ministry. They're reaching the traditional um, worship crowd, and that's what they're doing. But we want to reach the people that maybe are finding the church a little, well, not relevant, right? So they said, would you be willing? And all of a sudden, they did. And so, January 11th, 2009, that's when it was chartered. That's when this, this church was recognized in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod as a church. And so, it's 14 years. So, next year, January 11th, will be 15 years. And we're going to celebrate. So, just hold on to that. But here's a little statistic to hold on to as well. Out of the hundreds of churches that were planted... I don't know the exact, exact number. Only 24 of them are still in existence. It's not easy. So for those of you that have been part of the launch team, those of you that have been praying for this ministry, um, take a look around and see what God is doing. And I, I'd like for us to give a moment just to give God the glory. All right, let's applaud. He is doing great and mighty things. Now the vision, the vision. Greg alluded to that in the kids' message. Um, there it is right now. From the very beginning of the church, before it was even chartered, there, the concept was we want to connect. We want to connect people to Christ. We want to connect people to each other. And we want to connect into the community. And so you see that represented up there. Um, and we, we talked about the up, in, and out. That's another great way to do it. Uh, but a couple months ago, I bumped into a church that described the up, in, and out with three different phrases. Depend on God, nurture relationships, and advance Jesus' mission. And it was all about DNA. We have physical DNA. God desires a spiritual DNA. 
in his church, and with his people. Why? Because of this. God is serious about our spiritual growth. How serious was he? If you go back in time, we have a, a history of time. It's in the Bible. We find that God made Adam and Eve, and then we find that Adam and Eve ate from the tree that they should not have eaten from. Sin came into the world, and all of a sudden, this intimate, close relationship with God was disturbed and destroyed, really. And so God says, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going I'm to send my only son, and he is going to do what humanity can't do for itself. He is going to suffer and die and rise again to bring forgiveness and salvation. God is so serious about your spiritual growth and my spiritual growth. And we're going to be looking at an, a moment where God's seriousness was affected in the life of somebody named Saul. Now, his name changed. If you recall the story, Saul was a persecutor of the church. Saul, Saul was there, and he, he commanded the killing of Christians. But then the one time, Saul was going to go off to Damascus. He was going to have another mission to try to frustrate and kill this Christian movement. And God got his attention. And not only did his name change from Saul to, to Paul, his focus changed too. Instead of being a, uh, a Christian killer, he is now going to promote Christ and grow the church. And he, I believe, is the greatest missionary of all time. He went with such fervor and passion because he believed that God wanted everyone to have spiritual well-being, namely a relationship with Jesus. So he was on a, he was on a mission. And his main purposes, I wrote these down. Here's a couple things that we find in the book of Ephesus. Were to help the converts grow in their spiritual knowledge of God and the church. He was writing to promote unity because he knew how important unity was. Especially between the Gentile and the Jewish communities. Because they still were kind of trying to figure out how this all works. And then to encourage the saints to withstand the powers of evil. And I'm thinking this is the genius of God, right? He uses Paul to write to a church in Ephesus. But I think these words and this focus is for us today. Again, to help converts grow in their spiritual knowledge of God. That's what he wants. To promote unity. Yep. With all people, right? Doesn't matter what color, what race, uh, where you're from, where you're going. There's to be unity and to encourage the saints to withstand the powers of evil. Now, if you look at his letter, um, I actually read the book of Ephesians a couple times in preparation for this sermon. It's not a real long read. I encourage you to take some time and read it. It's really good. But probably the third time, all of a sudden, I, I, I got the rhythm. There's a rhythm to the book of Ephesians. The first part, which I'm going to share with you in more detail, is what has God done for you and for me? The second part is that he can do more 
than we can imagine. And then the third part, which starts in chapter 4, is specifically how is he going to do more in the church, in people like you and me. So read the whole thing. We're not going to cover the whole thing today. But I do want to focus in on what I call that very first section, what has God done for you? This is your identity. This is something that God has done for you already. This is yours. It belongs to you. It is to be in you. It is part of the fabric of any person that says, I'm a believer. So I want you to hear these words. Let me walk through them. This is who you are. This is Paul talking, right? This is God speaking. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Isn't that great? There's more. You are chosen. You are holy. You are blameless because of Christ. That's you. That's me. He predestined us for adoption to himself. In other words, before the world was created, before he said, let there be, he was thinking of you and me before all that. We, don't, we can't even put a date on it. He was the object of your, his love for you. And he was thinking of you back then. And he wanted to bring us into his family way back. We can't even fathom what that means. You're accepted and the beloved. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're abounding in wisdom and knowledge. You know the mystery of God's will. You know that secret thing is now right here. You have obtained an inheritance. You are sealed with the Spirit. This is all your stuff. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You are the family of God, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's chapters 1 and 2. This is Paul saying to the church in Ephesus, he's saying it to the people like you and me today, this is you. This belongs to you. This is yours. So now what? Well, this section is going to be called, I think, you can advance it, please. You can advance it for me. There we go. Oop. Go back. There we go. Thank you. It's entitled First Things First. When we realize, when we realize this truth, something happens. And Paul says it in a very unique way. And I'm going to demonstrate it for you. All right? So I'm, I'm, you've got to watch this. This does not happen often. This, and I, I, I say, I'm a, don't try this on your own if, if you've got bad knees. All right? This is what he says to do. This is the first thing that happens when you realize all that took place. Ready for this? Oh, my goodness. Going down is much easier than going up. It goes like this. Next slide, please. For this reason, I'll, I bow my knees before the Father. When we get a glimpse of all the things that our Heavenly Father has done for you and for me, 
it creates a change in us. I don't know if you've read about this, but, you know, when you kneel, historically, it's a lot of different things. Um, often you can think about kneeling before royalty because your head is never supposed to be higher than the head of the king, right? That's great, but I think spiritually what happens is we ultimately are saying, I want to be in the most vulnerable spot for you. Because I'll tell you, when Jim, Jim Thielen is standing up, he can move quickly to the left and to the right, and maybe even out of the will of God. But when I kneel before him, it's like, okay, God, I'm here. You've got my attention. I've seen all that you've done. Now what? And here's where Paul starts painting the picture. Next slide. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. I know, you know, when I get busy and I get distracted, I, I let my mind and hearts dwell on lots of different things. But when I'm like this, I'm really getting a glimpse of how he has come, and this is his dwelling place. Next one. Being rooted and grounded in love. Not just the, not the world's love. Please don't get that. You know, world's love is kind of distorted. We're talking about this perfect agape love that comes from Jesus, demonstrated on the cross at Calvary, demonstrated in that tomb, and on the third day he rose again from the dead. But this is what happens. And then the third that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And it's almost as, as this, and I see some of you do this. I want to personally deputize you. All of you now have permission in your worship time, here or at home, I don't advise in the car if you're driving, but you can put your hands up like this. As, you, as you're down here like this, and you want the fullness of God, you just say, okay, God, you promised it, bring it on, I'm ready for it. All right, so if you ever are in here and you're feeling like, well, I'd like, like to do this, but boy, the person next to me might think I'm weird, just do it. They think you're weird already. Okay? So, this is the posture. Remember, chapters one and two, it's like boom, 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 right? Chapter three, you start out, first things first is being on your knees. Be vulnerable to the maker of the heavens and the earth. And then watch what he does. He starts changing. And then the next verse, and we'll, I'm going to stand up with this one. Yeah, applause is good. Yeah. Now, there's two words in this that are disturbing. All right. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. What words do you think are disturbing? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Not the one I'm thinking of. Next slide. I'll just tell you. Within us. Do you get the gist? There is a God who has all of this, more than we can ever begin to imagine, and he wants to put it where? Within us. You get it? I'm looking at a whole bunch of people that God is just pouring in. He's doing great. So now I want to bring you back to Ephesians chapter 1. So let's go to there. Hey, this, this, is, this is beautiful. This is from the message version. So if you want to find it, please look at the message. I think it says it great. I ask 
Ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with telling you three things. And I'm, I'm really asking you to hold on to these. Number one, acknowledge and believe God is able to do more than we can ever begin to imagine. Okay, so hold on to that one. Place that there. Go, okay, I, I got it. God can do more than I can imagine. Number two. This God wants to do more where? Within us. So God can do more. Number two, he wants to do more in you and in me. And here's the third one. This is one where I'm going to just say, Lord, give you all and me the discipline to do it. Be willing to pray sincerely and honestly. God, what more do you want me to do? I don't want to do any less or any more than what you want to do in me and through me, even in spite of me, right? So number one, acknowledge God can do more. Number two, God wants to do more through you. Number three, Lord, Lord, I want to know. Tell me what is the more you want me to do. Last image, and then we're going to close with the blessing and prayer. This more is anchored in the cross of Christ. This is the ultimate expression of more. Sacrificial, loving, life-changing. This is the ultimate, and this is the power that enables us to do more. The death and resurrection of Jesus defines us and empowers us. Let's stand. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my
sing this song to my final breath. Let the weight of this world go. Gonna be no tears, gonna be no pain. When I see that smile on my Savior's face. this song I don't want this pain to be my story I don't want this desert road are you sure this is the plan that you have for me out here in the dust and clay God if there's a bigger picture it's getting hard to see today but I know that you won't leave me here I don't know where this is going but I know who holds my hand it's not the
Tell you how small they are. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. It won't always move the mountain, but it's good for the heart. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. You'll never know what it's gonna change, but it'll always leave a mark. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. Yeah, my sea walls start falling, or it might just change my heart. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise. That's the thing about praise.
standing on the edge, barely hanging by a thread. You hear your heart convince your head that you just can't no more. You just can't no more. When there's nothing left to give and you wanna call it quits, no longer strong enough to pick yourself up off the floor. Don't you get too comfortable where you live and ain't your home? Soon the promise gonna come. I know it'll.